Welcome, everybody, to a new perspective. Um, I am Tim Sutton, a uh, law enforcement officer in the state of Virginia. And if you haven't joined us uh, before, I do a lot of work, uh, still active law enforcement, but I do a lot of work in the disability com uh, community, uh, working with families, working with individuals. Uh, I prefer to call them different abilities because it's amazing what people with disabilities are capable of. And uh, but tonight's a little a little bit different than uh, the normal shows I do, bringing on people who are doing some amazing things in the special populations. I uh, was introduced to a gentleman uh, through my work, and uh, this gentleman that I'm going to bring on uh, used to be a homicide detective for the Richmond Bureau of Police here in Virginia. Uh, had a 20-year career with him, and we ended up retiring. And he ended up coming back or coming to my agency to work for a sheriff's office. And uh, I got to meet him as he was going through some training for our department and jumped in the car with him and rode around the county for a little bit and just carried on conversation. And it was amazing to see, wow, here's another one who sees the importance of what we do in law enforcement, that we are problem solvers. We're out here for everybody in the community, not just certain people. And knowing he had been a homicide detective for years, you know, I, I, I know a lot of times that stuff will taint you and you get sarcastic, cynical about the job. But he was so excited to be in that uniform, riding around the county, meeting people, shaking hands, waving. And, and it was a breath of fresh air to me just to see his demeanor. And I think his appreciation for the community and appreciation for the job and how to bring both of those together. And then I subsequently found out he does. He's an author. Uh, he's got his own audio podcast, uh, the Danny and Park Good News podcast. Uh, if you get a chance, check some of those out. But I wanted to bring uh, Jamie Bain on to talk about uh, his career, what led him to do what he does with the, the writing novels, doing his podcast, and just all the things he's doing to bring the communities together, because that's what we are trying to do here on A New Perspective, is give you a new perspective of things out there, these different abilities, and hopefully open your eyes and realize officers out there are not, it's not what you see on the news every night. There are officers out there who care, and we want to take care of the community. So I just, I'd like to bring on Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? I'm good. How are you, Tim? Doing just fine. Doing just fine. I guess good. that was somewhat how we met each other. And we ended up, we have talked a few times uh, over the past few months. And uh, let me ask you a question. What what was your, I mean, it's it's been many years, but why did you originally get into law enforcement? I, uh, I always remember the shows like this is probably going to date myself, the uh, TJ Hooker and Adam 12 and all those shows like that. And so you'd always see police officers helping people going out there in the community and just doing that stuff. And, you know, obviously the car chases and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's, I, that's what really turned me on to it. That's why I wanted to do it. Um, I grew up in the city of Richmond. I went to Richmond public schools oh, okay. and that's really where I wanted to start my police career. Wow. Okay. So you got, you got started there. I know me, you know, I was going through college working uh, at an amusement park security, trying to get my feet wet, decide whether or not that was something I really wanted to get into or not. And when, once you got on Richmond, I think we had that discussion in the car. How many years did you spend in uniform? Uh, nine years in first precinct up in Church Hill. Okay. Okay. And then you got pulled into the, I guess, investigations. Detective. I did. I did. I, uh, the first two years was youth services and that was crimes against kids um just so many crimes committed against kids it's un unbelievable absolutely right. unbelievable um and from then i went to a homicide where i spent 16 years do you feel like 
going to, I mean, I know it's difficult enough dealing with crimes against children. Did you ever feel like there was a point in time in what you were dealing with that your, your uh, perception got skewed a little bit because there's so much negativity that you're dealing with? You mean with like, um, with dealing with the, the crimes against kids? What I finally yeah, got the out kids of it? and the homicide mm -hmm. and just the, the negative things you see day in and day out. Did you ever feel yourself headed in that cynical uh, direction or were you able to keep yourself really focused on being out there and making a difference? I was able to stay focused. And the reason being is because the, um, you know, in the homicide side of it, generally the people you meet, when you meet them, they're at the very, the very worst part of their lives. Um, you know, they, if they ever see you again later, they connect you with the worst time of their life. However, when you, when you talk to people and that's all kinds of people, you realize how good they are, how everybody feels the same way when they lose a loved one. Right. And that really brings people together. And so I, I never got cynical about it. I think um, I was there to help people, all kinds of people with, with whatever they needed. And I was there for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. Well, I think it's a, it's, it's a, a matter of empathy and understanding and realizing everybody goes through these things. And I always try to tell younger officers, look, when you're out there doing your job, representing your agency, you know, you don't know if you're going to come across the poorest of the poor, or the richest of the rich, but you treat everybody with respect. And because you don't know when you may be in that position yourself one day and to have somebody come in and even though it's a terrible crisis situation, but to come in and spend time with you and act and actually care about you and what you're dealing with, it means the world to them. And I think sometimes officers, we just get complacent we shut down. We don't want to get personally involved. You just go in there and do your job. But to be able to take that extra time to, to spend with the family and let them know, no, you're not just a number. You're, you're somebody I care about personally, and I want Absolutely. to find out what's going on. We want to resolve this. I, I think it, 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 it's huge to these families, and, and I commend you for being able to do a career out there with all of that. And like I said, when I, when I met you, uh, did the ride with you, man, it was like a breath of fresh air. I said, man, he, he's seen it. He has seen some stuff, but he still got a, such a positive attitude. And you were thrilled to death because you were out there riding around. People were waving at you. You were stopping and talking mm -hmm. to people. And uh, that's our law enforcement. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So that's kind it of is. what really and that's, tipped me off. That, I mean, that's that's what it is. It's like, um, you know, I, I ne I've never gotten tired of law enforcement. I've never gotten tired of uh, talking to people. You could deal with, you could see 1,444 people, right. you know, a day. And still, I, I still enjoy it. I still truly enjoy it because I think, I think law enforcement is a calling. I think it is one of the most noble professions um, in the world, right? regardless of uh, the rhetoric I think that gets put out there. Yeah. And so, you know, fast forward, I guess it was last year. Um, you were you were working for Richmond when all the riots and everything was going was going on and all. Mm -hmm. And what what do you take away from that and dealing with that that aspect? Because it was a high tense highly tense, stressful situation. Uh, and I, I know that all law enforcement there, you kind of had your hands tied and weren't able to do your job as you were trained to do. How, how did you make it through that? And I know it was frustrating, but I mean, what was, what was, what was you pulled from the inside of you to help deal with that situation? It was very frustrating. The, uh, the first night of, uh, I guess you, if you want to call it the unrest, we we're actually working at headquarters and we were on the rooftop and we could actually see the crowd forming around police headquarters. And there were probably only maybe eight or nine 
um, crowd management team officers out there in their in their riot gear, and they're surrounded by people. Um, there are people were throwing bricks at them just for no reason, just because they were police officers. Um, <clears throat> people would be looking up at us on the top deck and giving us the finger um, and saying the, these things to us. And again, all just because we were police officers. If you probably interviewed 99 out of 100 police officers, they would absolutely think what happened in Minneapolis was a crime and had no reason and did not support it one bit of what right. happened. And I think that was a time where we could have come together, um, law enforcement, everybody, and just to talk about it. But I think bad actors got involved and a whole lot of stuff got blown out of proportion. And so, you know, I saw people who had no idea what the police did, you know, threaten us, threaten our lives, threaten our families' lives. Um, and yet people in the community, I remember specifically, we're at the scene of a homicide down in um down in fulton and you know all the stuff was still going on in the city uh in you know the downtown area and the community came out and they said we support you guys we wow. support you we support you um and that so that helped out a whole lot one of the most telling things i think about it was um, i was also working when the two richmond officers got shot um right in the middle of the entire you know the protests going on right. uh, a year later the local most of the local news media would bring up the anniversary of of how the riot started but only one of them took the time to interview those two officers who were shot that night just doing their job right um, so that that i always felt a little um uh let down by a lot of the news media um i felt let down by a lot of this a lot of the citizens of richmond who again who don't come into contact with the police have no idea what they what they you know what we do um, one of the most telling things that i saw was there was a church in the um, north side of richmond who right after all the stuff was happening they started posting these signs in their in the on their property saying you know we stand against white supremacy and i was thinking as a church, why do you have to say that? Haven't you always right. stood against that? Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that now? Right. Um, so to me, it was just virtue signaling, and it was really, it really just kind of got under my skin. Well, I can understand that. I can understand that. So, so when when did you leave the city? What month? Uh, I actually left in September of 2020. Okay, September of 2020. So you've been out here quite a while. So what what it, what motivated you to go ahead and, and retire and leave the city and then go elsewhere it, it was i was actually planning on staying with the city i left the city after 27 and a half years i was wow. planning on staying with the city for 31 years and moving to the, the other agency that you and i are both with now um, i've always wanted to be a part of that agency right the uh the unrest the riots the way the pendulum is swinging toward the police just kind of hastened my departure you know they were arresting police officers for stuff that happened during the uh, the unrest right. and i didn't want to be a pawn in what i thought could be uh right stuff going on in the city and yeah you, you had the um yeah you had cancel people talking about defunding the police um and yet when the crime started to go up those same council people said where are the police why aren't they here right so is this very frustrating situation i i love the city of richmond i love the city of richmond police department i love the officers and detectives i work with Right. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, we're, we're blessed to have you. And like I said, I, I really enjoyed our short time talking and learning your perspective of all these things. And, 
you know, and I shared with you what I do and you actually went through some training, the tracking system to help go find people who with cognitive issues go missing. You, you were very interested. It's amazing. What you do is amazing with that. I can't, I, had, before I came to this agency, I had never heard of it. Right. Um, and that's what's, what I think is so great about the agency that we work for. It's so geared to community and community right. policing. Yeah. And then we, luckily, you know, we, we jumped on the bandwagon back in 2003, first in the Richmond area to actually be involved in a tracking program to help us find people who go missing and with cognitive issues and bring them home. But it also allows us to be able to meet with those families, those caregivers, whether it's autism, other intellectual disability, developmental disability, or Alzheimer's dementia, but we, we get to interact with those families and become a part of their family. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we had a few officers come from the city who are working with us now. And it's just neat because they're looking at our community going, wow, these people actually like us. Mm -hmm. And they're Absolutely. inviting us to come to this function and that function and they're feeding us and waving at us. And, you know, you go through a drive-thru and you find out the person in front of you paid for everything. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I know it's a different world, but it's neat to see you guys having dealt with what you dealt with in those circumstances in the city coming to uh, coming out to the county and, and seeing a whole different aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, when uh, you've got the podcast, we were we briefly mentioned that at the beginning. When uh, when did you start doing your podcast? Were you still with the city or had you left the city by then? I'd left the city. I started doing it in um, August of last year. OK. And I, I started it because, you know, there there's so much negativity out there in the news media in social media everywhere. However, if you look, you don't really have looked that deep to find positive you know, positive right. stuff, positivity. A lot of the podcasts that I do are with random people who I see on Instagram or I see on Facebook and I reach out to them and I say, Hey, I kind of like what you're saying. Would you like to come on the podcast and talk about right. it? And almost every person has agreed to do so. And these you know, people I'm talking to are from South Africa and from Africa, um, from Great Britain. Wow. All walks of life, all having something positive to share. So it, it's out there. It just seems like the negative is the stuff that gets the most attention. And you and I found out I had a common link because uh, three weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I had uh, Emily Morrissey with Emily's bracelets as well as her brother, Absolutely. PJ. And Absolutely. I had them on the show and I discovered that they had been on your show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, that, that's a neat connect right there. And we actually had her. Um, we, we had a fundraiser. We, I'm working with some uh, individuals and Jeff Katz with WRVA, WRVA Radio. Uh, we form an actually a nonprofit called Better Understanding, a betterunderstanding.org. It's a nonprofit to, to help raise awareness and advocacy for individuals with disability. Emily, actually, we had her a week ago, Friday, throw the first pitch out at the Diamond for the Flying Squirrels that. game. And, <clears throat> I saw uh, that. It's just neat to see see how all these things connect. Again, it's a feel good story. It's a positive story, but. You know, our only media interest was WRVA's Jeff Katz. I talked mm -hmm. to him on his show from the diamond about it. And he's been a huge supporter of uh, what we're trying to do. And, and I don't know if you're aware, but he actually was a police officer in Philadelphia for five years. Yeah, I've been on his show. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's a very he's a serious advocate for all of us in blue. And, uh, you know, he, he's a good friend to have there. So tell us about the novels. What when and, and what prompted you writing? I started writing novels about three years ago, and they are, um, <clears throat> it's based in Richmond. One uh, one character is a detective, one character is a patrol officer, and they kind of work together. Um, I've always been an avid reader. I've been reading since probably I was uh, going to college, 
And what I found was as the time goes by, a lot of the, my favorite authors would either sound fake in their writing style. And the books I'm reading are like thrillers and police, police novels right. and the such. Um, however, one of the common themes in all these novels was they always had a corrupt cop in there somewhere. Um, and these are you know authors who are supposedly their main characters or cops. And that really just got under my skin. I got yeah. sick of seeing it. I got sick of hearing about it. The authors wow. to me seem to be less, you know, less real. So I said, you know what, let me, let me give a go at it. And I wrote my first one and mm. I thought it was fantastic. Then I gave it to people to read and like, golly, there's like a million typos in this Joker. So I, I wound up rewriting it, rewriting it like three or four different times. Um, and then I just got on a, a sprint and I started writing novel after novel after novel. And wow. it really lets me show the positive aspects of police for um, police work, how mm. people deal with each other. And, you know, Tim, a lot of the, um, a lot of the stuff you see out there are, if you listen to the news and believe the news, it's saying, you know, Oh, the races can't stand each other or the genders can't stand each other. But you know, as well as I do, the police department is black, white, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight. Right. And we all laugh with each other. We all joke with each other. And we have fun with each other and we make fun of our differences right. and we use that in jokes. And I think that's, that's something that gets lost. It seems like today with maybe this, this youthful, more youthful generation. So there's a lot of that in my books as well. It's just because we're all, we're all the same underneath the skin, you know, and we all like to laugh. We all like to joke and it's all good natured. Well, I tell people in, you know, in our line of work, if every single officer had the same interests and the same passions, it would be a very boring, difficult place to work. You know, we've got officers who enjoy working traffic accidents. They love traffic. Then you've got other officers who want to be out there locking every criminal up. You've got other officers that want to, you know, me, my passion is dealing with special populations, interacting and helping them. And yeah, there's some out there, some officers out there who think our job in law enforcement and correct me if I'm wrong, but there are some that think our complete job should be arresting people and writing tickets. You're right. You're right. And honestly, they're the ones I don't want interacting with the families that I deal with because I, yeah, it's, they'll it's go true. in and they're mad because they got to go there and deal with the problem or change mm -hmm. that battery in their transmitter because their loved one wanders off and they don't want to be there. And mm -hmm. if everybody didn't have their own little specialty, I think it'd be a pretty boring place to work. Just like the world. Yeah. Just like society. If everybody was the same, it would be very boring. You know, and, and the police department are, is just like a microcosm of, of the world, basically. It represents the community that we serve. And so so you have good people, bad people, good cops, bad cops, funny cops, not so funny cops. Um, but I, I'm telling you, I've been around cops for almost 30 years now, and they are my favorite people. Absolutely. Yeah. They are the least prejudiced Um least hateful, funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. But that's not what the media is going to tell you. That's the sad it's, it's part. It's absolutely not what the media is going to it's tell you. It's constantly an upward, uh, uphill battle trying to battle that. And, you know, what you do and, and what I'm trying to do. And I've got a lot of people that work with me and help me with my stuff that, with, the, with working with these families. And they're out there. They are mm -hmm. out there. And I ask them to stay out there. And when you find, you know, I, I have found out Within the past couple of months, I, I've been interacting with a father who has a 19 year old daughter with autism and she's been having some issues and, and they live in an apartment. So there's been some noise complaints because she, when she gets upset, 
she's out in the, out in the hallway crying and, and yelling. And I found out that three or four of my officers on their days off, you got a dad with a 19 year old mom died a few years ago. I've got officers. I found out we're going on their days off and taking them groceries. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hear about that anywhere else. The most compassionate, caring people you'll ever meet. You will ever mm-hmm. meet. And, and it's I just, think the most real people, yeah. the officers are the most real people in this world. Well, I think we, some of us realize that at any point in time, we could be that other person. Oh, absolutely. And we could be down on our luck. And, absolutely. you know, I've told people before, even, and, and I, I tend to believe you're the same way. When I arrested somebody and, you know, I've been a supervisor, so it's been a long time since I've actually arrested somebody. I've put handcuffs on them and passed them off. But <laughs> yeah, when we I like arrested that, that person, it's like <clears throat> you still show them the respect that's due. Absolutely. And by the time I got to uh, the jail or whatever, I wanted that person to be my best friend. Absolutely. Because I said, you know, one day I may run across them again. And, and I they might help a, you out if you're, yeah, getting, I may be in if a you're getting trouble. My head beat in. Yes. And when they see me, they could do one of three things. They could look over and go, oh, I know him. I'm not helping and just drive on by. Or they could see him and say, oh, yeah, I remember him. He was, you know, he treated me. Res- get out and help me. Mm-hmm. Or if they got a bad taste in their mouth, they may jump out of the car and help that other person. You got put it. me down. So you it's all it. in how you interact and how you handle yourself. Um, you know, that gun in the badge does not mean you're better, any better than anybody else. Nope, not at all. And, you know, I've got a gold badge because I'm a supervisor, but deputies and all, they have silver badges. And I'll tell you straight up, that gold badge does not make me any better than any other deputy. It means mm-hmm. I have a different job to do. Mm-hmm. But none of us by any way, shape or means is any better than, and than the other. Right. And I think understanding that, just like citizens, that badge doesn't mean I'm better than any citizen. Mm-hmm. It means I have a different job to do and I have more opportunities to get my my butt kicked than the average person. Right. But Absolutely. I'm not better than anybody else. But like the stuff I teach, it's difficult sometimes to get into those audiences to be able to teach what I teach. But I know that uniform has been instrumental in getting me in certain areas to be able to speak. And really opened some eyes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but no, I admire what you're doing. I wish I'd known what you were doing way back, way back when, because uh, you need to be out there. And that was the big thing about I wanted you on the show because I want people to hear what you're doing. And well, I pre- and, and to hear what you're doing too. It's just well, what's cops the, do so many amazing things. Oh shoot! Well, that, that what's the best way if somebody wanted to get in, check your podcast, check your books, uh, make contact with you? What's the best way for them to do it? They can they can search me on dannyaparknovels.com. I'm on uh, the internet, obviously, um, Instagram, Facebook, and just shoot me a message. And if you if you want to do a podcast, um, come on my show, talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'll talk to I'll talk to anybody about anything. My main thing is positivity and listening to each other and talking to one another. Um, real quick, I when um, there was an issue. Remember when all the monuments were coming down and on on the base of the monuments people were putting like a cab on there and f the police and everything one of the defense attorneys got up and started talking about about that and how he he enjoyed enjoyed i guess seeing that stuff and so we talked back and forth and he actually came on my show and we talked about what our different sides were and so that's my point is just to talk and to listen to each other right it's not just to talk, to talk, to talk. It's to talk to hear both sides. Absolutely. It's you a know, debate. I'll listen, I will listen to your side. Just listen to my side. That's all we ask. You may hear something you never even thought of. Yep, absolutely. 
So, so what do you want to, what, what would your takeaway about your show and your career? What's the one thing when you want to leave as your, your legacy um, for all of those other officers that, you know, I look at them going through the academy now and going, man, I know how much things have changed in 34 years. I cannot imagine what it's going to look like in 20 more. But what would your takeaway be to, to leave with them, the ones that are going through the academy, just getting getting ready to go out there on the street? Just just keep being noble. Keep doing just keep doing the right thing because it, it, it it's easy to do the right thing. People will respect you. You are going to if you if you become a police officer. You will help somebody the first day on the job. I can guarantee it. And then embrace that feeling and keep and run with that feeling. Um, it's okay to to be sad about the stuff you see. It's okay to you know talk about it and joke about it. But you are in a profession that is the most noble profession in the world. So so stick with it and represent us well. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, and, and I think over the years we start to lose it, but. I try to tell people when you go out there and you're interacting with the public, it might be the 15th mailbox vandalism you've dealt vandalism you've dealt with for today, and you're sick and tired of taking reports for these mailboxes and all. But for that citizen, that's their one. That might be their one and only interaction yes. with you. And whether you want to be there or don't want to be there, when you're there, you better act like that's the most important thing to you at that time. Yes. Ten years from then, you're not going to have a clue who those people are. But I can tell you what: if they see you out and about. Mm -hmm. they're going to remember who you were and they're going to remember how you treated them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we go to break-ins and things like that. And I think we lose the, uh, I don't know if it's the, if the impact because we go do the report, do the investigation, all, but you don't really think much about how much that person has been violated. Mm -hmm. Somebody has been in their house. And when that ends up happening to one of us, I think it hits home and you go, my gosh, this is what those citizens mm -hmm. are dealing with. And now I'm, I'm a victim you know, why doesn't somebody reach out to me? And I think we need to really realize that it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter how different your brain is, differently wired, what mental health issues you're dealing with. Um, every single person is worth something. Yes. Whether, you know, whether they're inter you're interacting with them on a law enforcement basis um, or just your show because you want to talk to somebody and let their story be out there. But every single person matters and That's we right. need to treat them just like they matter. That's right. So, and they need to treat us like we matter. Yeah, it, you know, and, and unfortunately, we don't get that much. Um, mm -hmm. It is interesting when all of a sudden somebody says, hey, thank you for your service. I mean, I mm -hmm. had a record driver. We were helping doing some traffic stuff, and I had a record driver pulled over in front of me, jumped out, ran back, gave me a bag. It was a bag of Mike and Ike's. He had <laughs> a card in there with the law enforcement officer, the police officer's prayer, mm -hmm. had a challenge coin had a uh, thin blue line bracelet and all this stuff. And he just wanted to, and a Chick-fil-A gift card. Mm -hmm. And he came back and it's like, wow, you know, some people do really see that we're out here trying and mm -hmm. we're trying to make it a, the world a better place. So yeah, the news, and that's what frustrates me a lot of times with uh, some of the individuals with disabilities when they're, you know, autism, watching the news on police officer, police officer, this police officer. And, and many people get that ingrained in their mind that that's what officers are. And mm -hmm. with you and the mentality of some of our guys who love the public, getting out there and just flipping the script and showing people we do care about you. Mm -hmm. It's not just a job. And we want to do what we can. We're, we're, we're pretty much social workers. We're problem solvers. We are. We are. And it, it has changed in so many years. But um, 
you know, we need to get out there and just take care of that community and don't make them feel like it's, they're wasting our time to do this. And I know uh, when you, uh, you had Shane on the show, you were talking about the simple calls we get here in, in, in the County, you know, neighbors got an issue with another neighbor cutting their grass, you know, seven o'clock in the morning and we get called, but you mm-hmm. go out there and you interact with them. Don't make them feel foolish for calling you. You just do your job. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but I'm 100%. appreciative of you. So appreciative of what you're doing. Um, again, tell everybody if they want to get in touch with you, give them the uh, way to get in touch with you. Go to dannyimpartnovels.com. You can get to my podcasts. You can send me a message. You can send me a, a letter, email, whatever you want to do. dannyimpartnovels.com. Awesome. And if you can't get there, contact me, um, Tim Sutton. Uh, you, you go to my website. It's a-betterunderstanding.com. Or you can look me up with the show, A New Perspective, Tim Sutton. Um, please reach out and uh, be glad to uh, put you in contact with Jamie. So thanks, Jamie, for being here. Hopefully we can do this again. Absolutely, and, Tim. Uh, Thank you. We'll see you at work. All right, man. Take care. All right, brother. All right. See you. Everybody, I want to thank you all for being here. And I know it's uh, it's a little kind of different topic, but in in, re- in reality, it's, it's trying to go out there and make the uh, world a better place and help people understand what our job is. And then we're not all out there doing the stuff you see on the news. We're out there trying to help families and help individuals. Uh, some of us, you know, work with this population network, uh, that population, but law enforcement in general, we are here for everybody. And we just need to get all the officers to understand our role and what we should be doing in the communities. And uh, just hopefully trying to give you a new perspective of what officers do on a daily basis and the things we deal with. And then if you got any suggestions how we can make the communities better, let me know. Um, we did have the event at the Diamond uh, a couple of weeks ago. Wonderful turnout for our nonprofit, a betterunderstanding.org. And uh, you can look it up online or look me up online. And I just appreciate everybody being here. And Dad, I love you. Thanks for watching.